This is HPR episode 2534 entitled Moving to Office 365 and Painting the Ceiling. It is hosted by Nightwise and is about 31 minutes long and carries a clean flag. The summary is Nightwise talks about moving his company email to Office 365. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hey there, Hacker Public Radio. This is Nightwise from the Nightwise.com podcast calling. And as you might hear by the sound of the echo, um, I'm actually not in a cathedral, but I am in an empty house. In an empty house at the moment where I am, if you hear this, painting the ceiling. And it's a very boring job. It is indeed. So I thought, you know what? You know, I put on some podcasts. You know how it is when you do some housework. It's always nice to do but I decided to, you know, stick with, with tape, actually, the lapel mic to my uh, painting shirt that I have on, because otherwise I would be covered in white paint, and record a show for you guys as I'm doing this. So please forgive me if it sounds a little roomy. That's because there is no furniture in our brand spanking new living room. And I am painting my brand spanking new ceiling before we can move in. And that's going to be the topic of the day, moving. Uh, Moving in and moving out as a geek and what that means. So you're also going to get a little bit of a sound scene tour as I um, move the plastic that's on the floor around so I don't get paint on the floor. And as... um, I pour paint into the bucket, and as I uh, do all the things that you do when you're, you know, painting the ceiling. So um, I hope you guys bear with me. So I'm going to give you some content to make up for all of that, if that's okay with you guys. So let's see, what have we been doing? This is the kitchen. Sounds a lot less roomy than the living room, which is the biggest room in the house. So that's why it sounds roomy. And for the moment, I have like three or four ladders standing around, which I constantly have to move around because I am uh, doing the ceiling here at the moment, first layer. Judging by the state of the ceiling, because there was a fireplace here, and uh, the quality of the paint which I purchased, which could have been better, uh, I'm going to have to do several layers before I, um, <laughs> I get a result. So I'm going to have to do two. Anyhow, <clears throat> well, my enemy today is time. Well, not to say not, not as much time, but rather um, the rotation of our beautiful planet, which, since it is rotating, 
is rotating away from the sun. And one of the things you need when you are painting, um, when you are painting in general, uh, the ceiling or any 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 surface actually, is um, is daylight. So that's something I'm going to be working on. That's something I'm going to need. Uh, the only downside with this is that um, the previous owner still has two large cupboards standing around, like massive pieces of furniture, which, you know, have to be covered at all times because he's coming by to pick them up. He wanted to sell them to me, but I don't like him. I don't like him at all. I don't like anybody else's furniture in a new house anyway. I think it's bad juju. These people broke up in one hell of a divorce. They literally are at each other's throats. So these, uh, to me, these, um, these cupboards are memories of that time. And I don't want them in my house <laughs> at all. So sorry for the rustling noises as I cover these gigantic pieces of furniture. My God, they are heavy. Ugh. They are so freaking heavy. Who would ever ever buy crap like this. I have no idea. Um, my furniture comes from Ikea. But that being said, sorry, I'm ranting. Um, moving is, is quite, uh, quite interesting when you're a geek. And it's, uh, it's also quite interesting when that geek uh, has his own company, which of course needs to keep running Needs to, needs to, you know, continue operations. Just cover this up. Make sure I don't get a drop of paint on here. Because I might have to buy these fuckers. Which I don't want. Um, and moving as a geek is interesting. Especially when you have a company. Because, you know, as I said, that company needs to continue to work. Uh, needs to continue to remain operational. While you are moving house. And that's something we've been doing over the last week, uh, especially, you know, in a little bit of a rushed fashion, as uh, it turns out that our actual move is going to be four weeks earlier than, uh, than was actually estimated. So the notary office called me and said, like, hey, I got a nice surprise for you. You get to move in four weeks before you actually thought you were going to move in, which was nice, because now we are four weeks earlier in our new house, but our entire planning scheme is down the drain. So I was challenged with the fact that I needed to keep my company operational, which is a small IT consulting firm. Small being the operative word here, me and my wife. Um, and also being able to run that from two completely different locations. Now the new house we bought is uh, a little bit away from, uh, from the city center at the other side of town. And it's, it's really nice and calm and, and quiet here. Hence, um, to my great apologies, the, uh, the noise. Sorry, I really got to make sure that I don't get paint on these things. 
Um, where did I put my ladder? Oh, there it is. Yeah. So, I began with moving my own infrastructure. My uh, company is growing, and thanks to the new European privacy laws, which is the General Data Protection Regulation laws, um, we have to comply to quite a few rules when it comes to handling uh, consumers' data. Uh, I could do an entire podcast about the GDPR because I give talks about it, but I'm not going to do that. But suffice to say, one has to be compliant with the GDPR, and one's suppliers, especially one's cloud suppliers, have to be compliant too. Now, I was uh, with my company still grandfathered in on the, um, the Google uh, Apps platform that I once, many moons ago, got for free when it was still free, which was nice, you know. And when, my, when I got my company, you know, I just I had the nightwise.com domain, and I just added in another domain, Brain Rangers, which is the name of my company. And, uh, you know, it's a couple of, couple of cloud... You know, a couple of email accounts there. I couldn't add another domain because it was, you know, the free option and, and Google only let me go so far. But, um, you know, in the end, it was, it was ideal. It worked. It was fine. But there was quite a bit of, you know, mix-up between our personal accounts, which were on those domains, the nightwise.coms, which were on those domains, and my company accounts. You know, my company account, which is on that domain. And that's not really an issue unless, you know, you start getting staff. You know, we're going to have a trainee pretty soon uh, who's going to join my company for, I think, three months. And, you know, when it's just you and the missus, security doesn't really matter. Compliance doesn't really matter. But, you know, when you get staff on board, you got to, you know, you got to watch out, you know. you got to be... You've got to be prepared for, for, for anything. And it was time to professionalize my little operation. So I migrated from Office 365 to, uh, from Google to Office 365. Now, why? Well, compliance for one. Um, the GDPR compliance for Microsoft is a lot more advanced here in Europe at the moment than the one from Google. And when I need to make my company compliant with the law, I can just tick a box that says, you know, my, my mails are in the cloud. Microsoft are, is handling my mails. They have servers in Europe. And here's their GDPR statement and done. So I migrated. That was fun. What did I have to migrate? About two mailboxes, a Google Drive, and um, <clears throat> let me see, two mailboxes, a Google Drive with some files on that, and, and that's basically it. So, so nothing fancy. So um, what I did is I set up my um, Office 365 domain. I purchased one. Um, I purchased one business premium account, so I would have for 15 uh, euros a month. Um, all of my office licenses. And yes, I know you're going to hassle me that there are open source alternatives, but if 
you have a business, it's a different thing. Um, I can do a whole separate show about that. One of the reasons why I left Linux as a dedicated desktop for my company. But we'll get, that, get to that on another, in another time. So, um, I'll do some painting here in the meantime. Um, so what happened was um, I migrated these, um, these two accounts to uh, Office 365. And Office 365 has a nice migration app where you can just uh, open up IMAP on the, uh, on the Google mailbox and then talk to the Office 365 admin panel that says, you know, just pull these mails in because I had one um, business premium account, which is my domain admin, and uh, two user accounts, which is all I have. Um, why do I keep the admin accounts separate from the user account? Well, the same reason you don't log in as root on your own system, at least I hope you don't, because that would be really dumb. That'd be really stupid. So, yep, set that up, started the migration. It was all fine, all the mail was imported. And then there was the option to, you know, I went looking for the option, how do I import my calendars and my contacts? And in the Office 365 admin panel, there is no option for that. So while you can batch import mailboxes, you cannot batch import contacts and calendars. You have to do that individually for each user. So what I did, you know, you know the drill, export the iCal file and import the iCal file using the web interface of my user's Office 365 mail account. Uh, once done and dusted, I was pretty happy with the result. I had, the same, had to do the same thing for the calendar, which did have some issues because I had a fairly large calendar and it decided, uh, no, it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Gee, thanks, Microsoft, doesn't work. No, 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 it doesn't work. So I had to rebuild our business calendar for the next three months manually, which was not fun. But hey, once that migration was over, the move was complete. And I thought, you know what? I'll use Outlook on our iPhones and on our mobile devices. Yeah, that lasted for about, I don't know, 20 minutes. Pretty soon you get to see that even on iOS, Outlook is a pretty immature client to use. It doesn't have all the functionalities. It's, 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 although it's great on, on Android, not so much on iOS. Because I have been using Outlook on Android to get at my Gmail, which gives you this paradox where a Microsoft program is the best way to access Gmail on an Android device. But hey, um, that being said and done, we went back to the general Apple client, which has good integration with, uh, which has a very good integration with um, Office 365 and the Exchange Connector, and we started using that. So that was that. That was done. Um, then I wanted a simple Google Drive. You know. And you have OneDrive. That's great. And OneDrive is like Dropbox on, I don't know, Dropbox on steroids. No, just basically Dropbox. A little more immature, but hey, it's okay. It, was, it did the job that it had to do. We were happy with that. So that went fine until, <laughs> until 
um, I wanted to share files with you know the rest of my company and that is in um, OneDrive a lot harder than you think because then you need terrified drum roll <laughs> um, then you need the terrible program called SharePoint online took me a while to get it working you had to set up a SharePoint site and SharePoint is one of these things. If an IT guy tells you to go look it up on the internet or on SharePoint, he's basically flipping you. you know, he's telling you, you know what? F you. <laughs> go figure it out for yourself. It's somewhere on OneDrive. You're right. It's somewhere on SharePoint. You're right. Go find it. Because that web infrastructure that everybody's been toting for years, that should be, you know, the cat's meow in SharePoint, it's bullshit. You know, nobody uses it. Users take a look at it, can't find their way around, and the first thing they ask is, you know, can I just have the file view? And you give them the file view and you're happy. So what you've basically done, and I've seen this in many companies, is spend, I don't know, a couple of hundred thousand dollars on a migration project to go from your file server to SharePoint Online and use it as a file server. Because um, what I did was I just synced it with... Um, I just synced it with my OneDrive, the SharePoint site, and I, that way I could access and share it. It just worked, so that was fine. So yeah, that's that. That was done. So SharePoint, done. Uh, and it's, it's okay. So my first impressions with migrating to uh, Office 365 were, or moving to Office 365, we're pretty okay. I mean, Microsoft has matured, has matured a lot. I've been using it in a, a Firefox browser because, you know, when I don't have Google anymore, who needs Chrome? I've, I've got other stuff to eat up my memory. And um, I got to say, I was very pleased with it because it worked well. Uh, the web-based versions of uh, stuff like, uh, let's see, the web-based versions of stuff like uh, Word and stuff, they're pretty good. They're pretty good indeed. I mean, uh, Apple can learn a lot from Microsoft in that way. And, you know, the Google apps, as nice as they may seem, just don't have that much possibilities. And the downside with using um, Google Writer apps is that you, use, you lose a lot of compatibility. When you are truly working device on a device-independent way, gotta be very careful of pinning the ceiling right next to a brick wall, raw brick wall. Very nice, very pretty. But if I smudge on this, you will see it, and the missus will not be pleased, and she shouldn't be. So um, when you use Google Writer, um, it's fine. You export to Word. That's fine. But then you are, you know, the digital nomad that you are. You're away from your computer. And you get a Word file sent to you. And you open it up in Google Writer. And somehow, the layout gets porked. And this is not Google Writer's fault, I know. This is Microsoft's fault, being nice and proprietary with their stuff, as they always are. But, you know, whether or not you get to, you know, be angry at Microsoft for that, it's the reality. And if you are an open source hobbyist in the ham shack 
who, I don't know, um, paints polka dots on assault rifles all day, drives around in a truck, and screams at the neighbors in their trailer, that's fine. You can, you can, you know, you know, go re- go full go go full open source Stallman on Microsoft for doing this, but it's just a business reality. And, if, and the business reality is like, okay, this isn't working, and it needs to work because I get paid by the hour. So my IT needs to be um, efficient, and if it's not proprietary, well, I have my hobby for that. I will crawl into my geek corner uh, and do all the nightwise open source stuff. Uh, all the time and be as cross-platform and open and Stallman friendly as I want to be, but not for my business. So Microsoft Web Apps to the rescue and they work. They work well. So I'm, I'm, I'm pleased with that. Uh, I, was, I was very pleased with the migration. Um, let's see. Microsoft has some new apps that uh, they want you to use. Skype for Business is one of these things that I don't understand. There's Skype, there's Skype for Business. I have never, ever understood the actual difference between both. I have never understood the fact why there should be two clients. I mean, why? One was fine. So we're not using that yet. All of the SharePoint stuff, uh, you, got, you, can get, you can build a team site, and you get a calendar per team site, and an email address per team site, and... And stuff like that. I haven't played around with that much yet. Just build one SharePoint site and, and that's it. And you can, you know, grant access to that to people and, and it works, it works fine. I'm very happy with, uh, with the end result. It's going to work great for my company. But uh, yeah, you know, not so much, um, not so much a fan of, of you know, going completely in the proprietary zone there. Um, meanwhile, I've started to paint the second part of the ceiling, or the last part, I should say. There you go. You always have to have three layers, three strokes horizontally, and three vertically, you know, and then paint them on top of each other. I don't like, you know, it's, it's very against my rhythm. You, you want to go all Mr. Yunagi? Paint on, paint off. But it's like, paint on, paint on, paint on. Paint off, paint off, paint off. Which is very strange, but hey. <laughs> so that was my Office 365 migration. What else am I using? Well, Microsoft has this thing that looks like Trello, which is called Plans, which is cute. It's like, you know, a kid dressed up like Batman going, I'm Batman. It's Microsoft dressed up like Trello going, I'm Trello. It's not Trello. But it works pretty okay. It gets worse when, when you take a look at uh, Microsoft Forms. Now, there's a kid dressed up as, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a kid with a brown garbage bag, with a black garbage bag on its head, screaming, I'm Batman. You are not Google Forms yet. Okay, it's still in beta. It isn't ready yet, but hey, come on. It's a dynamic web form that goes into a spreadsheet. I use it on Google, um, in our Google environment a lot to get feedback when, you know, people would come to talks that we would give and stuff like that. It was fun. It worked well. Easy. 
all the data that was entered in the form was automatically entered into uh, what's it called in a spreadsheet. And we do our bookings that way. That's basically, it's, only, it's the only thing that is, by the way, still on our Google environment for the moment because we have no valid alternative. Oh yeah, that noise? That's our, that's our heating, our central heating, so I have to let the air out, I think. This is a big house and it has all kinds of strange noises, especially when you're here alone the first time. You're like, what's that? What's that? What's that? So Google, so Windows Forms, <laughs> cute, but, you know, kid in a garbage bag screaming, I'm Batman. And that was, uh, the migration in the end went pretty okay. None of my mails got lost. I was able to import all of my contacts. We even took a look at using Outlook on our Macs. Um, and I got to say, again, kid dressed up as Batman screaming, I'm Batman. I'm still pissed with Microsoft, although I understand their decision, that Outlook on the Mac is such a retarded program because on the PC, Outlook's like, you know, cat's meow. That's uh, it's, uh, an industry standard. Not the best mail program, but hey, an industry standard. And those are important industry standards. So yeah, um, that was that. And um, on the Mac, it's, it's just not, it's like a retarded sibling. <laughs> Outlook, come Outlook too. Your, your Outlook too, but not quite. Um, on the PC, you have these fantastic integrations with stuff like OneNote, which I live on. Um, I'll talk about OneNote in a little while. On the Mac, nope. Looks like, I don't know, what was it called? Damn. The default uh, mail client. Ah, Evolution. It has this evolution feel to it. You know, wants to be stuff, but not quite there yet. On the PC, it's great. And uh, so we decided, you know, we'll take a look at it and see if we want to use it for the next couple of months. But if we don't like it, we just switch back to, on the Mac, we were using Airmail, which was great. Um, and, well, on Linux, there's not really a great... Outlook connector client, but that's not really an issue because, well, quite frankly, the web interface is fantastic. Yeah, that was that. So the last app I want to talk about in my Windows suite, and doing this on Hacker Public Radio must have people foaming at the mouth, but hey, um, I'm a cross-platform geek. I use whatever works for me. Take your Stallmanisms. And please, MV slash Stormanism to slash where the sun don't shine. I just, you know, do stuff that works for me. Um, but it's, it's, you know, the one of the apps that I really like in the Microsoft suite and which I swear by is um, OneNote. For, for the longest time, I could not understand people screaming about OneNote. They did everything in OneNote. And I went like, yeah, okay, looks okay. Got a drink here. But it was kind of like SharePoint Online. I didn't know what to do with it. What do you, what do, you do with it? And until I started using it. So I used it to, you know, to type stuff in. That was nice. 
you know, and it would have like little folders and stuff, so I didn't have 25 Word files or text files. Uh, it looked better than Evernote, synced better than Evernote. Well, it's okay, no problem. Um, but then, but then, as Jeremy Clarkson would say, but then, I got an iPad Pro with a stylus. And then, and then, the world opened up. My God, the, um, the, the, the pen accuracy on the iPad Pro is fantastic. I was looking for something to replace paper because I have the disease that whenever you give me a scrap of paper that is important, and judging by the range of importance, there is a logarithmic scale or uh, equal to the importance of the piece of paper, there is the chance that I lose it. The more important the piece of paper, the higher the chance that I lose it. An absolute a receipt from, I don't know, McDonald's 16 years ago might have that for you. But, you know, the, uh, I don't know, tax papers for our car, which I got three minutes ago. Oh, my God, where did I put them? It was on a slip of paper. I do not know where it is. That's me. It's not my fault. So going paperless was a big thing for me. And OneNote was something that really worked. And on the iPad Pro, it is the killer app. So suddenly, I started doing everything in OneNote, taking pictures in OneNote, making annotations on those pictures in OneNote, uh, jotting down meetings in OneNote. And the great thing is, when I put my iPad aside, it immediately synced over to my PC. So I could just pick it up back th uh, uh, there and continue, which was... Well, bloody awesome. And for me, OneNote is one of those killer apps. Web-based version of OneNote, also pretty darn good. Mac version of OneNote, quite good. Uh, iPad Pro version of OneNote, very good. And Surface Pro version of OneNote, or the Windows. Well, you have two on Windows. You have the OneNote app, which you should burn. And you have the you know, the actual application that comes with the Office Suite, which is free to download, and uh, fantastic. And this was one of the migrations that was very hard to do when I did a migration uh, from OneNote from my, um, you know, my personal account. I just had a basic Outlook account, which synced my Outlook notebook. But now I wanted to go to my OneDrive on... Uh, on, on my Office 365 environment, and lo and behold, that don't work. There are no tools for it, no solution exists for it. You'll have to do it yourself. So you'll have to open both notebooks up side by side, and one of these notebooks was on the SharePoint drive, shared with my wife, which was quite... So it took some juju getting working. Apparently, somehow... OneNote decided that it did not see my SharePoint site and it did not see the OneNote that I shared on that SharePoint site. So I was kind of doubting the word SharePoint. I started to call it HighPoint. But those things aside. Um, what I ended up doing was open up my old notebook and open up a new notebook on the SharePoint and copying over the pages. You can do that in Outlook. You can just move the pages from one to the other so you don't have a, you know, Control-A and Control-Z. 
But that was, for me, a very important one because I have a, a ton of project stuff for my company and for clients that I work with on this, uh, this OneNote uh, solution. All right, let me just finish up this end here and then I'm almost done. Um, yeah, but it was fun. It was fun, especially since it worked. You know, everything kind of works. And uh, I, am, I am pleased with, with the OneNote. And that was my Office 365 migration. That was one part of the move. So next up, I'll talk about a different part of the move. Moving house. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.